Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What? Womp What's womp. Mm, I was playing Whamageddon and I got whammed oh. last night. How did that happen? I'm going to tell you. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Hi. Okay, so I think I talked about this like what? Like a week ago maybe? That's how long I lasted. So actually it started, no, it was, yeah, it was like eight days ago because uh, Whamageddon starts on the 1st of December. This is basically like a social media, I don't want to say contest, it's not. It's like a game that people play every Christmas season. I don't know how many seasons it's been going on, but it's this is not the first time um, because there were people who talked about what happened to them last year. So the, here's the goal of Whamageddon. The goal of Whamageddon is to get through the entire holiday season with without ever hearing Wham's Last Christmas. So it's not out of hatred or despise for the song. It is only because it is actually, I think, a celebration of the song. It is to say that is the holiday song that permeates every single part of your holiday. So basically what happens is the rules are all you do is try to avoid hearing that song. And it's not like you're trying to, it's a, it's a game of survival, not of sabotage. So you're not trying to like sabotage somebody who you know is playing by like sending them like wham stuff. I don't know. Or like dropping it. Like I wouldn't, my husband is playing it and I wouldn't try to like make him listen to it. That's not what the yeah. goal of it is. But then once you get whammed, the, you go to, um, social media and you do hashtag whamageddon and you explain how you got whammed. It's just kind of a fun, dumb little game. Yeah, it's just something lighthearted to do during the holiday season. I mean, listen, don't we all need a little holiday cheer? And again, it is not because we don't like the song. I love that song. I adore that song. It is a stupid game. Okay, that's all it is. Now, I talked to, I pulled some strings here and I was like, hey guys, can we be a wham free zone so that people know if they're playing wham again, they're not going to get busted. They're not going to get whammed by their favorite radio station. You can listen to it elsewhere if you love the song, but we're just not going to, we're just not, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. So here's what happened. And by the way, have you gotten whammed? Were you playing Whamageddon and you got whammed? Give us a call. 651-641-1071. I was, um, my daughter, it was, we just had like the most lovely night last night. My husband's out of town. My um, kids and I, my Two boys went to go sledding and my daughter and I just sat in the living room and I was cross stitching and she was drawing and I was like, we should listen to Christmas music. It's very festive. I said, Alexa, please play a Christmas playlist. 
wasn't even thinking. Oh man, you it's just bound set off to happen. A bunch of people, mm-hmm. I know. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you get like you know you're getting all your Darlene love. You're getting your you know Phil Spector Christmas album. It's great. Everything's good. Everything's going fine. And then you. How hear did you not think beginning. this was going to happen? I wasn't thinking about. It. I just like it. It did it. It's if you're playing Whamageddon, it's not like at the forefront of your mind all the time. So I just it just didn't even occur to me. I'm I, I and I immediately the, I heard the very beginning and I was like, oh, I'm out. I'm out. By the way, you can listen to like the rules of Whamageddon allow you to listen to covers of the song. But just once, not the original. Once you hear the original, in, in, then you're out. You're out. As and you have a good shot. It. I mean, you show up anywhere that Christmas music is happening. I feel like it's going to happen within right. You know, very short, short time. It really doesn't take long. But no, sure as you know what, I was out, and I, I mean, I swore a blue streak because that's what you do when you lose. It's not even. A, it's like seems appropriate. Were your children like, what is going on? Well, my daughter was like, why are you so upset about this song? And I was like, I love this song. And she's like, why are you angry then? No, I just, I was, and I tried to explain it to her. I was playing this dumb game where you're trying to avoid this song. And she was like, well, here's the good news. Now you can listen to it all the time if you want to. And I said, no, I can't really because dad's playing. And so I can't just play it because then I'm sabotaging him. I can't do that. So I texted my husband and I was like, I'm out. I got whammed. And he was like, my condolences. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, But I did. It's I put it. I had put it out on social because that's what you do. So I went to the Twitters and I was like, I got whammed. Got this from Andrew. I got whammed last weekend. My grandma turned her radio on when she left the house and I stopped by to decorate her Christmas tree. It was on when I walked in. Oof. Whoops. That was a rough one. Uh, I got Kim said, I'm still in, but my kid insists on Christmas music in the car, so it's coming for me any day now. Um, I have another friend who got it the same way I got it. She asked A-L-E-X-A to play Christmas music, and that's... Yeah. It'll get you. Again, I think if that's like playing Russian roulette. <laughs> no. I know, but with Wham! <laughs> Did nobody call to share their Whamageddon stories? Nobody's been Whamageddon. Nobody's been whammed? Yeah, nobody's been whammed. I have not been whammed yet. Didn't even are know you I playing? was playing the game. But now you kind of are. See, that's yeah, the thing. It's I like Because you're supposed to start on December 1st. And I, I knew about it before December 1st, but I didn't really commit to it till December 2nd because that's how I roll. But then once you realize you're playing, you're like, well, I'm in. Now I'm trying to survive. Yeah. I, you know, I sort of have it in the back of my mind, but honestly. Bradley? Oh. Well, he he froze everywhere, for the froze, record. Yeah. I think that Bradley trainers, um, again, like I like to say, technology works until technology doesn't work. We'll go to this break, and then we'll mm. figure out what Bradley's situation yeah, is. Yeah, we're going to try to get Bradley. <laughs> I'm sure he's still talking and has no idea that we're not oh, there. Oh, bless his probably still is. <laughs> I know. But it, but it is one of those things. Well, now, Colleen, I'm totally committed yep. to playing Whamageddon because... I haven't heard that song. I know. But now I'm terrified to go to the grocery store. I'm terrified to go to the big box store. Don't be scared. Go go bravely and just know it could get you. And you know what? I've been whammed and I'm still alive. Well, I'm still standing. Or still- as Elton John said, I'm, I'm still standing. Look at you. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Paul McGuire Grimes is in studio. We're going to try to get Bradley back uh, so that we can find out what's streaming. I'm really, really excited because there's something we've all been looking forward to being the Ricardos. Paul's going to tell us 
his review on that and also West Side Story. So we got to make sure we have plenty of time when we come back after this on My Talk 107.1. It's Colleen. We are really excited to talk to Paul McGuire Grimes today on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 107.1. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. He's back. Um, Because Paul McGuire Grimes has brought two movies to us that we have been dying to know more about. Oh, absolutely. Um, Bradley, I don't let, I'm going to let you decide which one do you want to start with? Um, I, really being the Ricardos, I think just because, I mean, I don't know. I feel Nicole most Kidman. attached to that movie. Yeah. Okay. So hi, Paul. Hi, it's great to be here. It's great to have you. So um, tell us what I we mean, need to know. Let's get right into it. So if you don't know the premise of being Ricardos, one of the things that we talked about with biopics is that sometimes they cover too much. Right. And what Aaron Sorkin, the writer and director here, does really well is really condenses what he wants to tell out of the story to a one-week period. It starts with a Monday table read of an episode of I Love Lucy going into filming on Friday. And what's happening in this week is really the behind the scenes of what we want to know with this story. How Lucille Ball was accused of being a communist. How Desi was fighting infidelity issues. And at, the, at around this time, they found out that she was pregnant and how that was going to basically disrupt the entire production schedule and how they had to fight to include her pregnancy in the storylines. And one executive was like, you can't have a pregnant woman on television. So it's just all of this behind the scenes stuff of really how Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz were trailblazers and had to fight for everything that they got in Hollywood. What I love about this movie is that like everything you just explained, which seemed like a crisis at the time seems so like, delightfully non-controversial compared to the world we live in today. And yet they still have the ability to, you know, Aaron Sorkin clearly has the ability to bring us back and and feel that, that tension and drama, or at least we think so. Did he do that? I think so. I mean, I think what Aaron does really well is creates that tension. I mean, if you know his stuff, he is a writer of wicked speed. Mm -hmm. So you get that tension, you get that pacing up front, but then he also is getting better as a director at finding those levels of the intimacy between Lucille and Desi and what their marriage, the rocky parts of their marriage, and then them filming and how, and I think Nicole Kidman is stunning as Lucille Ball. Okay, so that's where I wanted to go next. Let's talk about the performances because Lucille, or um, Nicole Kidman's casting as Lucille Ball like caused such a ripple. When it really should not have. And I'll tell you why. Because she's not doing Lucy Ricardo. The the movie's really trying mm-hmm. to tell you how Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz were very different people than the Ricardos. So Nicole actually nails Lucy when they're actually filming those episodes. But so much of the movie is really her being Lucille Ball. Mm-hmm. And for me, she commands the screen every step of the way. She she makes Lucille someone that knows what she wants. She's wickedly smart mm-hmm. and demands res- us to have respect for Lucille Ball. Instead of just thinking of her as this really funny comedian, how she fought every step of the way. Oh, and that makes me happy yeah Yeah, i think so i think that her and javier don't necessarily look like their counterparts but they don't have to at the same time i think people need to get away from that that's an important distinction to make right because Mm -hmm. one of the things that caused the ruffled feathers was people thought deborah messing should have been cast as lucille ball because she played lucille lucy arnaz in an episode she did like a caricature of it in an episode of will and grace and that's not what this movie is it's not about impressions it's not about doing great impressions it's about 
acting. Yeah. And I feel like they captured the essence and who these people were. And that expectations going into this are going to be key. I mean, you can't go into this thinking you're going to get I Love Lucy on screen. You can't go into this thinking that she's going to, Nicole Kidman's going to move her face all around like Rick, mm-hmm. Lucy Ricardo does. But you learn more about who those two were. And that's really the point. And Aaron Sorkin talks about how he is creating a painting, not a documentary and not a picture. Mm. Yeah, so. this is not a biopic in the traditional sense, an expansive view of the life of Lucille Ball. This is like a very specific vignette, which honestly, I don't even think many Lucy fans, casual though they may be, even knew about this particular chapter of their history. Right. It just is scandalous. And it's interesting to go into this. If you if you are only thinking of it as a 2021 view of what television in the 40s looked like right. and all of that. Right. It's fantastic. Okay, so I also think I know that you got to speak to this okay. cast. I'm writing on two highs this week. Number oh. one, interviewing a bucket list interview, which was Nicole Kidman. I've always have loved her since I was basically a child, and I've always have wanted to talk to her. So I got to talk to her and Javier Bardem. They were paired together. And then J.K. Simmons and Nina Ariana are paired together. And you learn a lot about Bill Frawley and Vivian Vance in this movie mm. and how their relationship was toxic. And Aaron Sorkin. So I talked to Aaron Sorkin as well. So, I mean, oh again, my gosh. like this junket was incredible. Okay, what did that sounds like, amazing? Yeah, like give us a little something. They were lively, they were fun. Javier noticed the movies that I had up, and I talked to Nicole. I just mentioned Nicole about how I have very distinct memories of seeing Eyes Wide Shut and Mulan Rouge in the hours in theaters, and she was very appreciative of that. And they were lovely. Like they were all, and they gave great answers. Everyone brought their A game. That's so great. Aaron Sorkin gave me writing advice. I didn't ask him for writing advice, but he talked about what he does as a writer and that was stunning to hear and he was very appreciative of my comments about the social network and i said i don't want a wikipedia page on screen he's like that's exactly right you said it well and i was like oh my god aaron sorkin's complimenting i, I, I will say take right it. now yeah, that'll take work it. that is awesome okay how many ticket stubs four and for... a half out of five okay. for being the ricardos and where can we Good see it news in theaters right now mm-hmm. amazon prime december 21st cannot wait Yes. Cannot wait, because I will not be going to a theater, especially in this weather. Absolutely not. Okay, so let's talk about the other thing that we are very excited about. West Side Story, the new adaptation from Steven Spielberg with the screenplay by Tony Kushner. And if you don't know Tony Kushner, they wrote, oh my God, I know. Lincoln, Munich, he also wrote Angels in America. Mm. So he is Mm -hmm. a god of writers. Yes. Again, this West Side Story is frankly almost a masterpiece. It is stunning visually how it's all shot. It's fantastic to actually see Latinx characters, Puerto Rican characters played by Latinx actors, which Mm -hmm. you can get in the original. You get this um, relevancy, this potency of feels so potent to today. Mm -hmm. It's not just this Romeo and Juliet love story, which Mm -hmm. I think we all think of West Side Story being, but really this riff, for lack of the character's name. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Uh, that see actor, my face is great. Thank you, <laughs> music theater nerd that you are, and I. Um, you just see it in this different light about um, this American gang not getting along with the Puerto Rican gang, and we've seen that recently in our own society. So when you think of this movie and you watch it, and there, Tony and Stephen are really highlighting these themes that have always been there, but mm-hmm. maybe have been forgotten. Mm-hmm. And you hear the song "America," and there's lyrics about white privilege, and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yep. that is still true all these years later." And the show was written decades ago. Absolutely. And then there's just little changes here and there that are like somewhere, which we think of as a duet between Tony and Maria, mm-hmm. is now sung by Rita Moreno's character. So then having her character sing it as a solo, it just adds this like emotional weight and reckoning when you think about her singing about 
a variety of different things, with just who she is, her character in this piece, Puerto Ricans in general. Like, it was phenomenal. And the acting, except for Ansel Elgort as Tony, is phenomenal across the board. Ooh. Okay, so you didn't like Ansel? No. Everyone is giving, like, face. They're giving emotion. They're fully committing to their characters. He almost has, like, this blank slate on his face and is not doing much. I'm like, I feel that Rachel Zegler as Maria is in love with Tony from the moment they lay on eyes on each other. I never felt... As Elgar does Tony have that same emotion toward Maria. Uh, and that's the whole crux of the love story piece right. of this movie. Yeah. Right. You have to have that to you buy have it. You have to have the love story to buy I it. I will right? say it makes me happy that I'm going to enjoy this film because it's going to feel somewhat relevant or timely in a way that is not going to seem like just revisiting a set piece that's been sitting around, you know, and got dusted off after 40, 50, however many years right. it's been. And what I love is that Kushner and Spielberg trust the material. They don't do some new setting. They don't add some funky design concept. It's really in the period. It's it's the musical, the way that it was written, with just some some uh, nuances re-highlighted. And it's interesting because I think that at first, um, and I don't remember, I think, Bradley, you and I kind of both felt the same way. We were like, wait a minute. Wait, it's not even like, there's. it's just this, it's West Side Story. They're just right. doing West Side Story. And at first, I think we were like, What? But Holly and I talked about this the other day, Bradley, when you were out, about how like we both kind of softened our stance on this a little bit. Because when you think about it, musicals are mounted and remounted and remounted and remounted and, uh, you know, shows, just any, there any play. There was a revival of West Side Story on Broadway right before right. the shutdown. Right. And so you see it restaged all the time and there always is a different perspective. There just always mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And so why can't we accept that from our movies, too? Right. Oh, we should sure. be able to. And don't think of this as a remake of the movie. Think of it as a new adaptation of the musical right. by Stephen Sondheim and Arthur Lawrence yeah. and Jerome Robbins. And the choreography, Colleen, is by Justin Peck with mm-hmm. very much in tone to Jerome Robbins. Mm-hmm. So you get the Jerome Robbins feel. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I know, right? So okay, good. how many ticket subs for Four West Side Story? Five. Where Two can we see it? Good. Uh, in theaters exclusively. Okay. Two uh, winners. I will wait. Yeah. Paul McGuire Grimes, thank you once again for Thanks joining for us. Me. We'll talk to you again next week when we come Thanks, back Paul. Thank on you. the Colleen and Bradley Show. Dumb people doing dumb things, crazy, stupid idiots. After this on My Talk 1071. For all you people doing dumb things, we love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That there is Bradley Trainer. And these are your crazy, stupid idiots. Well, then, I guess one could say. That's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of Florida. 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 And sometimes other places. Like? Mm, Saudi Arabia. I, this, I don't even know what to do with this. The camels, they're just like us, you guys. Um, what? Oh, cute. The camels are cute. They are adorable, but apparently in Saudi Arabia, annually, they have a very popular camel beauty contest. Oh, okay. Um, And apparently 43 contestants have been disqualified from this beauty contest, this camel beauty contest. Why, you ask? Why, I ask? For getting Botox. 
Camel Botox? Camel Botox. I didn't know camels had wrinkles. Mean I didn't know cam I didn't know I didn't know none of this. Apparently, breeders have been accused of using a number of methods to make their camels more likely to win this beauty contest, such as injecting silicone and fillers and inflating body parts using rubber bands to enhance their appearance. I'm dead serious. Um, This year, there have been 147 cases of tampering. This is the largest number since the festival began. Began, forty-three contestants have been disqualified. Um, it's uh, the camel Botox is a huge problem. I had no clue. I know. Um, what a hump! I, I see. That was cute. That was cute. <laughs> um. Anyway, the I, I you can understand why, you know, people go to great lengths to make their camels the most beautiful because they do there are a lot of cash prizes involved okay, in this money. Uh, yeah. And then the owners like the owner of the winning camels gets a cash prize and that recognition gets them the ability to sell their camels for higher prices. Um and rare camels are a big deal in Saudi Arabia. Uh so you can see why it's important to a person for their camel to win the camel beauty contest. However, using methods like Botox injections and, um, you know, rubber bands to swell certain camel body parts. Weird. I know it's so I bizarre. Don't get the rubber band thing. That does not sound like it feels good. Well, and you, I mean, I don't think any of it sounds like it feels good for the camels. Also, don't body shame the camels. They're beautiful just the way they are. That's right. Yeah, I also think the camel doesn't have any sense of its body image. No, also... I don't think camels have body image. I don't think they do either. And don't you just feel like... I mean, that's what makes me the most sad about it, right? Like, defenseless animals. Like, why are you sticking me with that thing? Mm-hmm. Why are you putting that rubber band around my junk? Exactly. Hmm. Poor camels. Oh, Botox or hormones can cost as much as $27,000 per camel. I was going to say, you'd need a lot of Botox for yes. a camel wrinkle. I, I mean, like. I know how much my face needs. That's I can, a lot of units. It's a lot of units. Um, yeah. Ooh. All right. Um, Bradley, where are we going next? We are going next to our favorite state. It's called Florida. Florida. At least for this segment. I want to tell you about Catherine Trammell. She's 37. From the camels to the trammels. Right. uh, From camels to trammels. Investigators say that Catherine caused a bunch of damage Tuesday afternoon um, at an eatery in Seminole, Florida. That's unfortunate. Hmm. So, you know, property damage, maybe not the most unusual crime that's ever been committed and certainly not very crazy, stupid, idiot worthy. Apparently it's the damage and why the damage was caused that earned her crazy, stupid idiot status. So she's inside of an eatery. Would you like to imagine what kind of damage Ms. Trammell caused that led her to show up on our crazy, stupid idiot segment? Have we um, seen this type of behavior in the past? I mean, the behavior, certainly. Not this particular kind of damage. Okay, so it's not poop throwing. It was not feces related. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Did she throw something, though? 
Uh, no. More like she... Mm, it it happened during an activity at the eatery Schmex? that she was engaged Yeah, were they in. having relations? Ding! She was relating to someone? Yeah. At so the eatery? It turns, it turns out that she and a friend broke the sink off a wall <gasps> during an afternoon delight inside the bathroom at an eatery in Seminole, Florida. Apparently, her and her friend were asked to leave the restaurant after staff discovered them in the bathroom. The defendant and her friend left the bathroom and sat at the bar. Subsequently, cops uh, say they she went back to the bathroom. It was during the second trip that the sink was damaged. Oof. So they were getting busy on so the they sink. Got, did they get busy twice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the second time is what caused the sink to collapse, oh. which then caused the $500 worth of damage, okay. which then led her led to her arrest. Okay. For I have so many... Oh my gosh, I also love her mugshot. Is like, She's mm-hmm, like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. And, and it was enjoyable. <laughs> um, I just feel... I, I've got... Bathrooms seem like not a sexy place to me. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, no, I mean, I think probably noting that she was uh, going back and forth to the bar. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. she was not really concerned about the location. Yeah. Because perhaps she'd been a little inebriated. <sighs> what did the, did so, okay, I just, I have another question. Did the friend have to be responsible for anything? Um, I, it doesn't say anything. It, it says no explanation about how specifically it was damaged or what happened to the other person. Um, his, the friend appears to be a male. The unnamed individual does not seem to have been similarly charged. So I'm not sure. Maybe it was her butt that was on the sink. Women are always the ones that get in trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that was in Florida. Florida. Okay. Seminole, Florida. We're going to New York City. New York City. Get a rope. Did you, you saw this. Everybody saw this, I feel like. On Wednesday, the uh, big Christmas tree fire. Oh my God. It was a conflagration. This big old tree, the gigantic Christmas tree outside the Fox News building in Midtown Manhattan on Wednesday was set afire. And I just, you know, listen, I don't have much more than telling you that the the person responsible was a 49-year-old man. Uh, they could not confirm an incendiary device was used. Um, but this dude just wanted to set a tree on fire. Like, there's no, the person, according to police, this person acted alone. It was not premeditated or politically motivated. He just was like... Wanted to torch a tree. And they don't know how and he, did. he did this? They don't know. At least at the publishing of this particular article that I am uh, viewing, which was a couple from God, That like, would be right terrifying. Away. Right? Sounds like a classic case of bleep around and find out. Yeah, exactly. He was, uh, yeah, exactly. No, and actually there aren't, um, there aren't any other, the suspect has been released. Uh, he's been charged with criminal mischief, reckless endangerment, arson, 
criminal nuisance, endangering others, criminal trespass, criminal tampering, and disorderly conduct. I do want to bring your attention to something else I've just learned about this individual. Uh, He has three prior arrests, two for drug possession and one for public intoxication. Apparently he did. I mean, that seems appropriate. He did try to set the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center a few blocks away on fire first. He was unsuccessful in that endeavor. This is just terrifying. I I mean, it could have led to so much more damage. I know. Um, Well, there you go. So he is my crazy, stupid idiot for this particular moment. Um, They have they have relit the tree now. What I don't know is did they fire exactly? (laughs) But what I don't know is if they replaced the tree. I mean, it seems like they'd have to part. Right, but that's pretty darn quick to get like a whole new tree. That clearly was not a real tree. You think? Well, I mean, a real tree would have gone up in seconds. I one would think it looks like they're scaffolding. If you look at the video, it looks like they're scaffolding with like tree garland around it. Sure. Ugh. Yeah, I'm watching. I mean, if you it, like, I'm sorry, I I'm mesmerized by fire, and but. This is like terrifying because I feel like a real evergreen tree would just would be have like, just been like poof. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. You guys. It's not funny. Uh, no. Don't do Thank it. You. That's how you end up on this segment. Thank you very much. Exactly. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, tis time to play a little game as we send you off into your weekend into the snow. We like to play a little game. It's called the throwback. Lord. We're going to do that after this on my talk. One oh seven one.